Welcome to episode 15 of Be A Bigger Fish. This is the podcast that explores the power of podcasting to grow your business or your community. I'm your host, Debbie Aurelius. The star of this episode is Paul Sutton, Paul is a digital communications consultant and a PR and marketing professional with 20 years experience. He's also the host of an excellent podcast called The Digital Download. I felt compelled to get in touch with Paul after I saw some of the comments he made in a Twitter chat. So he'd been advocating positively for the power of podcasts and promoting the idea of podcasting to PR students and professional practitioners. So I contacted Paul and asked him if he'd be kind enough to come along and talk about those views with me on Be A Bigger Fish. I'm delighted he agreed and we had a fascinating conversation. So Paul shares loads of advice and perspective about his own journey into podcasting and the common fears and kind of myths that hold people back from starting podcasting for themselves. So as well as exploring how to overcome some of those fears and debunk some of those myths, we talk about really practical things like how to make your podcast guests feel at ease and how to use cushions to achieve a really good podcast sound. So if you're intrigued, let's jump into the conversation so you can find out more from Paul. So I'm delighted to welcome Paul to the podcast today. Welcome to Be A Bigger Fish, Paul. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, so Paul is a digital communications consultant with 20 years experience in PR and marketing. He's worked with quite a lot of well-known brands and through that time he's won a staggering 17 social media marketing awards. Congratulations uh, on that. <laughs> Thank you. That's really, really cool. Um, Paul's podcast is called Digital Download and it's currently in its fourth season, which is also pretty impressive. So um, I'm going to ask you, plenty of questions about that. But before we jump into that, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, so thank you. As you say, I've been working in PR and marketing for about 20 odd years now. Um, The last 13 or 14 of those have been dedicated entirely to digital. So now I focus on digital communications. Um, I do a lot of work with brands and agencies on strategy so digital communication Mm -hmm. strategy I do quite a lot of training um, trying to introduce best practice to uh, whoever whoever my clients are my clients vary from small SMEs um, one-man bands sometimes right through to global companies so I have a really varied client base in terms of not just size of company but across all industries as well because I find that when it comes to digital, it's it's completely transferable. It affects everyone nowadays. So it's quite an interesting space to be in at the moment. Yeah, I would agree with that. And what a lovely variety to have, you know, such a broad sweep of, of clients. That's um, That must keep it really interesting for you. It does. And, and my podcast, which is what we're going to talk about today, is kind of born from that in that I try and keep the topics very varied on that for the same reason that different things appeal to different people um, and so I developed this podcast and now I run a an annual conference off the back of that as well which this year is happening on the 16th of May it's called Digital Download Live 
uh, and it follows the same sort of topic of of all of these different things that are affecting everyone who works in communications nowadays right from social media to search engines to artificial intelligence to voice voice technology there, there's all sorts of stuff going on yeah it's a it's a really broad topic area and i'm really interested that you've mentioned that that you, you do different things for different people it's quite interesting because i know there's a lot of um advice out there that when you get going in podcasting you should really niche down and you know identify your niche and embrace your niche yeah. and um so it's kind of refreshing to hear you say that you take a, a sort of broader view on your your subject areas yeah well I'm, I'm, i suppose my niche if you want to call it that is digital communications that's what the podcast is about but i didn't i purposely didn't limit that to say social media and when i've developed that podcast i've invited guests from anywhere that touches digital really i mean i even had last year uh, a rock band on a grammy winning really? rock band because i had the opportunity to interview them and I was really interested in the way they were using digital media and specifically in that case, social media to build their reputation, their fan base and to sell concert tickets and records. And, you know, it just made yeah. something different. It keeps the podcast interesting, I find, to have purposely varied topics from week to week. Yeah, that, that sounds great. I haven't heard that episode, actually. So I'm, I'm going to go and look that up after <laughs> we've made this recording. What a brilliant opportunity. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Well, I'd really like to sort of take you back to the beginning um, of your route into podcasting effectively. So what was it in the first place that inspired you to take up podcasting? I had actually been asked to do a podcast for probably six to nine months before I eventually did it, maybe even longer. Mm -hmm. I'm very active on Twitter and LinkedIn and, and social, as you'd expect from my job. But people kept saying to me, well, you should be doing a podcast. I, I blogged for 10 years nearly. In fact, it's my 10th anniversary of blogging this summer. So that's been a very wow. long time. Yeah. Um, and people kept saying to me, you should be doing a podcast. And like I say, I, I resisted it for the best part of a year, nine months maybe, because I was a bit daunted by it, I think. Um, as a lot of people are, I, I wasn't au fait with the technology. I didn't know what I would need to be doing to publish a podcast. I was just very nervous about doing it. I didn't want to do something that was going to be rubbish. <laughs> um, and effectively uh, at the end of the day i just decided well look this this is such a booming area and i'm talking about podcasting to my clients because it's coming on so fast yeah that i need to be at least trying to do this because i'm one of these people who thinks that you can't talk about something unless you have at least tried it preferably you'd be doing it but you've at least got to try it to know the guts of this stuff yeah so i decided to launch a podcast basically because of those two reasons the, the being nagged about it and the <laughs> needing to learn it yeah that, I mean being nagged about it that's such a great reason <laughs> and, I, and I totally agree with you I make podcasts professionally too so it was really important to me to to set up something publicly and say you know this is how you do it you know it's this it's this easy to do so, Absolutely. so how did you go about learning about the tech and the publishing steps and that sort of thing it was starting off with desk research. Um, you know, I, I read everything that I could about 
podcasting and, and just getting familiar with what it actually takes to produce a podcast and then what sort of equipment I need. And I very quickly realized actually at that stage that the initial investment to set up a podcast is minimal. It really is minimal. Yeah. Um, if, if you've got a, a laptop, effectively you can do it. You, you don't need anything else. Um, now I bought a microphone, but that was... 60 quid or so my microphone right um the software i use is free i record over the web and the the software i use to record is free um and i was able to get up going at very minimal cost and just researching how to do that gave me the confidence that it's something i should be doing yeah absolutely yeah, and it is. I've recorded a solo episode too. It's going through exactly the same thing. I started out with literally just my laptop um, and um, the free editing software that came with my laptop. That was it. So yep. no, no expense whatsoever. Nope. And you know, have you kept it kind of that low key, or have you found you've invested more in the tools and tech as you've progressed? No, I've kept it that low key. I, I am still using the same microphone. The microphone I'm using today is the same microphone I bought. Uh, 15 months or so whatever it was yeah. uh, it's the same laptop it's the same I still use the free editing software which is Audacity yeah I use a program called Zencaster which is a voice over internet program to record my podcast that's all the same stuff I was using uh, sort of 15 months ago when I started I think the difference is I've learned how to use it better right so with the microphone what you can't see at the moment is that I have cushions around my microphone just because it insulates some of the sound so when I'm recording my podcasts I know that I'm going to get a slightly better sound by insulating any echo that might come off the walls or whatever yeah so you know you, you could spend a lot more on a on a more expensive microphone and probably not have to do that but it works so you know, I'm using the same equipment. Yeah, that's brilliant. I'm I'm just visualising you now surrounded by cushions. <laughs> <laughs> I always find as well, because I record a lot of my podcasts at home. Yeah. That the bedroom, <laughs> this sounds dodgy, but the bedroom is the best place to record because you've got lots of soft furnishings and it dampens any echo. Yeah. I find when, because most of my podcasts, like you are, are talking to people, you get a very varied quality from the other end because yes. some people are in a more insulated room others are in a big huge office where you've got loads of echo off the walls and stuff when you're in that room yourself you don't notice it but you really hear it through a microphone yeah that's so true that's so true and it makes a big difference isn't it to just get into a you know more cozy space basically the cozier the space it does better. yeah and, and again you know i think part of podcasting it's something well it's something I did from the very start actually but I think part of podcasting effectively is making the people you are interviewing or talking to feel comfortable because it's okay with you and me because we both produce podcasts and we're comfortable talking into a microphone but yeah. a lot of people aren't comfortable with that at all they are a bit nervous about it they don't understand that if you make a mistake or cough or I don't know, whatever, that you can edit that out. Um, and I made a real effort when I started my podcast to try and make people feel comfortable. And I think it comes across because then you get a more relaxed and natural conversation. 
That's such a great point, actually. And I'm really glad you've raised it because I've been very privileged so far in that I've spoken almost exclusively to other podcasters who are probably a bit further down the road than me anyway so you know they've been they've all been brilliant it's been so easy so (laughs) (laughs) in terms of like making an effort to make people come comfortable what do you do about that how do you kind of create that vibe well the first thing I do and and it's exactly the same as you did when we we first got on this this call before we started recording you told me what to expect Mm -hmm. Uh, so I know you know what what your the process you're going to be going through what we're going to talk about in a rough way anyway um so that i'm not expecting any surprises there the system i use also shows on their screen what is being recorded in terms of kind of a sound wave so i explain that to them so they're aware what's going on with the recording i explain the editing process mm-hmm. um and like i say i let them know that if they make a mistake or anything, don't worry about it because I'm going to edit it anyway. Although I have to say, I've done 40-odd episodes now yeah. and I'm not sure anyone's ever made a mistake other than me. It's always, <laughs> always new mucks up. Um, so, you know, I, I just try and make people feel comfortable. I have a chat with them before we start recording. And with a lot of my guests, because we've had a, a conversation before we actually get to the recording, I try and have something personal that we can talk about before we get onto the topic. So as an example, um, I interviewed Stephen Waddington last year or sometime, and I happened to know that he was doing up a houseboat and moving on to this houseboat. So we had a chat about his houseboat for a couple of minutes as part of the recording before we got onto the main topic. And it just sets a more relaxed tone where people feel more open and it feels like just a conversation which is at the end of the day that's what you want from a podcast absolutely yeah that's a brilliant tip I've actually made a note of that to build that into my own professional practice (laughs) so thank you every day is a school day right so do you still complete all of the tasks that are required to capture record and publish a podcast so all your own editing all your own social media to promote it that sort of thing I do I do everything um it takes me I've worked out that it takes me approximately a full day's worth of time to plan a podcast invite the guests set an agenda record edit publish and promote so the whole works for one episode which is half an hour takes me about a day's time which probably to most people is going to sound horrifying you can do it quicker than that I don't know how long it takes you yeah easily easily a day to to exactly the same when you add up all the little components that go into creating a whole episode yeah this is it and I think the main part for me is the editing process which yes I do myself for a half hour podcast i typically spend probably three hours editing that and it's not that my interviews are bad or i've got loads to do it's just that i personally like to polish it quite a lot Mm. um and like i said um there i take out all those little bits and i i tighten it up um and I just try and do my best to make it sound as, as professional as I can and get the sound quality as good as I can. A lot of people don't go to that effort and, and that's fine. Whatever works for the person. I always say to people, you are better 
spending half an hour doing the edit and getting something out than not doing it. But yes, I do do everything myself. When I first planned my podcast, I listened to quite a lot of different styles and worked out something that worked for me in terms of I record a separate intro and bolt that on the front um, with some music at the start. Other people do it different ways. Other people go straight into a conversation. But I listen to different styles. And I think that's really important when you're first planning a podcast is to listen to all different styles and not just from your niche either. Different styles of podcast full stop, whether it's narratives, whether it's factual stuff, doesn't matter. Stuff that you like to listen to and just listen to the way they're doing it. It's not about copying someone, but just find something that works for you. Yeah, I totally agree. There's such a broad range of styles um, of podcasts out there now. And and I think the great thing about podcasting is it's still early days. So there's still huge scope for people to come up with stuff that's fresh and innovative. And I think that's one of the most exciting aspects of the medium. You know, it is quite a young um, piece of technology, really. So the time is now to get in there and create something. It, it really is. Uh, and it, it's a funny thing to say that the technology is young because effectively it's not. It's been around for 15 years, but it didn't do anything for the first sort of 12 or 13 of those. Yeah. And so at the moment, it does feel like something completely unique and new. And I mean, in, in, in this sector, in, in communications, there aren't many around and, it still astounds me that more people haven't jumped on it. I, I've seen more, more sort of seeping through in the last three months, maybe this year, but it's still very new to this sector. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and I think what's really interesting is um, that's one of the, the topics I particularly wanted to discuss with you because that's what I saw you talking about publicly um, on a Twitter chat. So I picked up on a thread you contributed to in one of the power and influence um, chats online. Yeah. And it was, uh, you seem to be really trying to encourage more PR professionals to take a step into podcasting. So do you feel that PR is a little bit behind with the sort of podcasting trend? And, and why do you think that is? I wouldn't say it's behind necessarily it compared to other industries, but I think there are huge opportunities for PR people to use this medium better than is being used at the moment. There are some very good PR and communications podcasts around, but there are also some pretty poor ones. And when you consider how many people listen to podcasts now, um, I don't have the latest figures, but the ones that I refer to say that one in 10 people in the UK as a whole listen to a podcast every week. Mm -hmm. I've seen Spotify say that it's way, way more than that. And Spotify seem to be putting a lot behind this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm sure they've got something there. But the way it is growing, the amount of listeners that are, are now listening to to podcasts and, and I, did, I did a bit of a study last year and I, I can't quote these as accurate figures but I tried to work out how many English language blogs are around and how many English language podcasts are around mm -hmm. and by my best guess I think there are around 1800 times less English language podcasts than blogs wow. so the competition for podcasting space is so 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 much less than it is for blogging and I see a lot of people still carrying on with blogging and 
you know, I'm, I'm not knocking blogging, actually. Like I said, I've done it for 10 years, although I don't really do it anymore. But if you want to create something that people are going to take notice of, to get cut through in blogging is really, really, really difficult now. Mm. Whereas with podcasting, it, like we've said, it doesn't take a huge amount of investment to produce something that sounds good and that you can create a reputation from. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the podcasting versus blogging debate is something that comes up quite often in the conversations I have with my guests. And quite a lot of them started out um, blogging and have taken to podcasting. And for some people, that's been a really positive progression. And, you know, some of them have said much the same as you, that they've almost stopped blogging now. They just find the podcast such a successful way to communicate. But that doesn't count for everybody. So I think some people still feel much, much more comfortable expressing themselves in writing and, and still don't feel that comfortable when they get behind a microphone. So I guess, you know, the great thing about that is it gives you the choice. So whatever you feel most adept at communicating... You know that that's probably the place to focus but you're absolutely right at least with podcasting there's more opportunity to cut through um because you know the competition's less fierce <laughs> which is great yeah and, and as part of that twitter chat that, that went on and, and where i was involved the the biggest objection that people had when i was trying to say well you should be starting a podcast was i'm just not comfortable in front of a microphone or it was things like I don't like my accent. I don't like my yeah, voice. I noticed that. And, yeah. you know, I, I I understand that because no one likes the sound of their own voice. And I have to admit, for the first, I don't know, half dozen that I recorded, I hated it. I hated having to edit my own voice. But you get used to it. You really do. And it, it ceases to bother you after a while. Yeah, I totally concur I I used to be exactly the same it's so cringy when you hear your voice because it sounds so different from how you imagine it sounds it does yes absolutely Uh, but it's just it's just like a pain barrier that once you've gone through it's okay I don't mind it anymore you know I edit my own voice all the time so I've gone Mm. through that now and 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 you can get through it I think anyone can get through it it's just you just got to steel yourself to the purpose (laughs) that's right yeah (laughs) yeah get through that pain so, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I noticed that, too. There are a few objections about, you know, the tech and the, the difficulty, which, yeah. you know, we've yeah. already debunked, hopefully. Um, well, yeah, that's just misunderstanding. Mm. And I, I get that because, like I say, I put it off for the best part of a year anyway because I didn't understand it. I thought it was going to be too complicated. And I've done pod- podcasting workshops. Uh, I did one um, late last year to show people how to to produce a podcast yeah, and I, I talked them through the software then and and even then people go away and are a bit scared of it and it does take time it takes time to get to know this stuff but that's the same with absolutely anything you're going to try it takes time to start a blog and yes all right we can write we can type so you can write words on a page but even then to learn how to to run a blog properly and everything that goes into running the website and getting it optimized and all that sort of stuff. It still takes time to do. Yes, it does. Yeah, that's true. It's complex. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. And it, you know, it shouldn't be the thing that discourages anybody. And there's plenty of assistance online now as well. Like when I started podcasting, it was back in 2012. Um, and there just really wasn't very much available um, to help you to get going. Uh, no, that's changed so radically between now and then um so there's so much available online on you know online courses youtube videos i i 
keep my skills topped up mostly through the power of YouTube videos. <laughs> so yes, absolutely, you know, it, it really is accessible now. So yeah, and you've even got systems online now like Anchor, mm. which do most of the job for you. Actually, um, you know, if you want an entry point into podcasting, then look at things like Anchor because it does a lot of the work for you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's a lot of software available now too that that wasn't there before. Yeah. Another point you made in that conversation that I made a note of because I thought was really interesting is you pointed out that um, podcast listeners stick around longer than blog readers stick around. Yeah. And I think the statistic you gave was there's a difference from three minutes reading to 30 minutes yeah. listening. So yeah. how do you explain that discrepancy? What's going on there, do you think? Well, that that's to do with effectively the time it takes you to read a blog post which is going to be, what, three, five minutes, whatever it is. And the fact that when you record a podcast, people listen to it all the way through. And they do. The, the statistics show that about 90%, 90% plus, once you've started a podcast episode, you will listen to the whole thing. And so you are, effectively, when you, when you publish a podcast, people are opting in to engage with you in a manner of speaking mm. they are making the choice to spend 30 minutes whatever your podcast however many your podcast is listening to you and engaging with your content you cannot say the same with any other form of media i don't think the way people to listen to podcasts is different than reading a blog for example and this is why it's not a case of one or other they they can and probably should work well together right in that people listen to podcasts mostly or at least half of people listen to podcasts in the home they listen to them when traveling they're typically listened to through a smartphone so you're streaming it or you've downloaded and streaming it when you're walking the dog or doing the washing up or all that sort of stuff and it's a completely different time than when you might actually read a blog post which is probably when you're, you know, you listen to, you read blog posts at work, for example. Now, you're never going to sit down in an office and listen to a podcast. It's, it doesn't happen. Hmm. And that's not something that podcasters and people thinking of podcasts should be afraid of because we don't turn off from work when we leave at 5.30 or 6 o'clock now. A lot of people will go home from work and on their commute home will listen to a podcast. Yeah. And that's the opportunity is catching people when they are more willing to actually give you their time and like I say they do it voluntarily you don't have to force people to listen to a podcast yeah absolutely right you know, it's the on-demand aspect of it I think that's you know and the portability of it that makes it so successful absolutely yeah yeah and and interestingly um kind of educational style content seems really popular in podcasts too which kind of seems counterintuitive but again I noticed that in that thread we keep going back to you were promoting podcasting for PR students in particular yeah. and again yeah. why do you think that is the case that I think again that goes back to this blogging versus podcasting thing now that thread kind of sprung up in the first place I, I kind of latched onto the end of it but that thread was all about blogging specifically and uh, how PR students should get into blogging because it, it gives you exposure you learn so much from it and I absolutely fundamentally agree with that mm. it's how I started off doing it and you learn so much from doing that but my point was I, I was well I was interested in why students weren't taking up podcasting whereas a lot of them are getting on the 
the blogging bandwagon. And like I say, there were various different aspects to this, whether it was, I don't like the sound of my voice or my accent or I'm a bit scared of the technology. I don't know what I'm doing. And I just think there is room for some students to be running podcasts um, along the same topics their blogs are on, but there's no one really doing that at the moment. So there is a huge opportunity there for, for someone to be taking that mantle over. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, that's a great call to action to someone who's listening. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Just do it, you know, get out there, try it. If give it the way, the way I started mine, like I said, I, I was being badgered into it. I wanted to learn the technology. So I said, okay, I am going to do one season of the podcast and that's why mine incidentally is in seasons is because I started off saying I'm going to do one season I'm going to do 10 episodes or whatever it is if it bombs and no one listens to it (laughs) and I hate the sound of my voice and I hate editing then I can say well I just did one season yeah (laughs) that's that's why mine started out like that and I just think someone out there just do it you know if you don't like it after six episodes or something then fine but yeah I completely agree I had six episodes in the can before I started publishing almost for the same reason it's kind of you know is this going to work is this going to work as a format so so yeah you're absolutely right you know there's nothing to hold you back from making 10 recordings before you even start to publish you know before you decide for yourself that it's viable and and you're enjoying it um yeah well, I'd like to pick up on something you said earlier, if you don't mind, which was that you now have a digital download live. Yes. So I think that's really interesting. What made you decide to do that? Um, that goes back to uh, about three, three years ago, two years ago. So this will be the third year that I've run this this event. The reason I started doing that, so this predates the podcast. Although oh, right, okay. Now they are very intertwined. So... The first event I ran was back in 2017, so two years ago, effectively. And I wanted to produce an event that was not like the traditional PR conferences you go to. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them you go to and they're in a big theatre auditorium and you sit in big rows of people and you sit there for six hours and listen to eight, nine, ten people speak. And... It's very passive form of learning, and I'm not sure you do learn a lot from them. I, I just got a bit sick of them, if I'm honest. Right. Um, yeah. And I ceased to get any value from them. So I decided to put on something different, which is kind of a cross between uh, a conference, a workshop, and a big sort of Q&A thing. It's a sort of a hybrid event. Now, I started off on 2017. I started the podcast in 2018, And I found that the podcast, the topics I was covering in the podcast, because you are doing it on a, effectively in my case, on a weekly basis, I was building up this bank of stuff, which made me think, well, the conference actually leads on from the podcast rather than it being the other way around. So last year, the the event that I put on was very much led by the topics that were happening in the industry and that I was talking on on the podcast and again this year the event is very much related to what I'm talking about in the podcast for the preceding sort of three months or so and I just think they work really well together Uh, they are entirely different forms of media obviously 
And I don't for a second believe that everyone who listens to the podcast is going to go to the conference, but they do bleed into each other really nicely. And it gives you a chance for to invite your audience who've listened to you talking about all these different things over the past three months to come along and actually have a very interactive and personal experience with with the topics that you've had on your podcast. Because what I don't do is get people along and just talk to people for six hours. A lot of it is workshop based. It's, it's Q and A's and it's getting the audience involved. And it gives, it gives people who listen to the podcast, like I say, an opportunity to explore things a bit deeper. I think that's a great idea, actually. And it would be lovely um, to find out that you had people there who were kind of fans of the podcast, you know, who bring with them that enthusiasm for those topics that, that you've got yourself. You know, that it's almost like your ideal audience. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and, that, and that does happen. I mean, you know, uh, people who I can see the people who have booked this year so far. And I know that a fair proportion of those do listen to the podcast. So it's like I say, they 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 just gel really nicely. I think one of the big benefits of podcasting for me is you create a far more personal relationship with your listeners than you do through writing mm-hmm. because people can effectively hear your voice and they get an idea for what sort of person you are, your personality, your character. And you feel far more connected to someone who you listen to on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, whatever it is, than who's someone who you just read the words mm-hmm. of. Yeah, I, I agree with that too, actually. I think there's something about the connection that's formed through listening to somebody's voice. And you, you do feel like you get a sense of that person, I think, in a more three-dimensional way um, than, than reading their words. Yeah, really interesting. Absolutely. Well, that's been a fascinating discussion. And before I draw it to a close, was there anything else that you wanted to explore or you were hoping that we would talk about? Not specifically, no. I mean, my big thing, like like where we started off really, was just I would like to see more people trying podcasting. I think it is exploding in popularity at the moment. And it's there's no sign of it slowing down either. It's getting you know more popular and more popular every year. And I just think more people should try it. I mean, from a selfish point of view, don't because <laughs> it leaves me <laughs> more listening. Ah, <laughs> oh, do you know what though? I think the rising tide lifts all the boats. So the more podcast makers there will be, the more avid podcast listeners there will also be. That's my optimistic view. So. Absolutely, yes, totally. <laughs> so, so if we're all making podcasts, we're all going to listen to each other's podcasts with more critical ears too. Absolutely, so I think that's a good thing. Um, yeah. Oh, brilliant call to action. I I wholeheartedly agree with you. (laughs) So if anyone would like to find out more about you, Paul, um, where's the best place for them to go? You can find me on Twitter where I'm very active. So I am at the Paul Sutton on Twitter. Or if you want to find out more about the podcast, that's the Digital Download Podcast. And the conference is at ddl19.co.uk. That's perfect. Thank you very much. And I'll pop that information in the show notes too. So people have got somewhere to find it. No pleasure. Thank you so much. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. And as usual, written loads of notes. I always learn so much (laughs) from my guests. It's probably one of the biggest benefits for me actually is is how much I've learned through doing this. So Well you're you're very welcome. It's a it's a pleasure talking to you. Oh, thank you. Thanks very much. Bye bye for now. Bye bye.
I'd like to say a really huge thank you to Paul for sharing all that insight and all those actionable tips that you can take away and use in your own podcast straight away, just like I'll be doing. I really enjoyed that conversation. And if you'd like to find out more about Paul or about his upcoming live event in May 2019, then his contact details are in the show notes, which you can find if you look up beabiggerfish.net. If you feel compelled to answer Paul's call to action and start podcasting, either for your PR studies or career or for any other reason, I'm sure either he or I would be delighted to find out about it. So please feel welcome to drop me a line on my website or to reach us through our Twitter handles or our social media presence and tell us all about your plans. We'd be thrilled to hear all about it. I'd also like to say thank you to Ella Minty, who is the host of the Power and Influence Twitter chat that we talk about all the way through that episode. So if you're at all interested in PR or communications, you might find that conversation really interesting. It takes place every Wednesday evening at 8 o'clock UK time. And I'm sure Ella would be delighted if you participated in that conversation. So it just remains for me to say thank you to you. I'm really thrilled when I hear from any listeners through my social media contacts or who contact me through the website. Thank you so much. Your support is so valuable. And I'm really delighted when I find out that this podcast series has helped somebody, even if it's just to ease their commute for the day. So thank you. Stay tuned for some more conversations with entrepreneurs and podcasters and there are a few more episodes to go before we close the season so I hope you'll stay with us to the end and I look forward to seeing you next week. Take care till then. Bye bye for now.